This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Thanks to the popularity of new vehicles like the Bronco Sport, Mustang Mach-E, along with the all-new F-150, Ford posted impressive first-quarter earnings. While its overall sales were down 6%, the automaker's revenue actually increased 6% compared to a year ago, and it posted a net income of $3.3 billion compared to a net loss of $2 billion last year. And while these are strong numbers for Ford, the company warns its earnings for the rest of the year will be impacted by the chip shortage. It now expects to lose 1.1 million units of production this year, and it's forecasting its full-year adjusted EBIT will be between $5.5 and $6.5 billion, down from the $8 to $9 billion it previously predicted. Toyota announced it's investing over $800 million to upgrade its plant in Indiana to build two new SUVs. One will be for Toyota, the other will be for Lexus, which will be the first Lexus model built at that plant. While the company will reveal the models later, it did share some of the details about them. They'll have three rows and seating for up to eight passengers, and they'll be available with a semi-automated driving system, which will allow for hands-free driving in certain situations. Other available technology includes remote parking and a digital key, which are both controlled by a smartphone. Toyota says the SUVs will, quote, join a diverse electrified product portfolio. So it sounds like hybrid or plug-in hybrid versions will be available as well. We now have a name for the fuel cell joint venture between Daimler and Volvo trucks. It's called Cellcentric. The goal is to start customer tests in about three years and be producing a common fuel cell stack for both companies at a yet-to-be-determined site by 2025. Daimler and Volvo believe hydrogen power is the better option for zero-emission long-haul trucking, while battery-only power is better suited for lighter loads and shorter trips. But the two know they won't be able to hit their goals on their own, so Cellcentric is calling on EU policymakers to build out their refueling infrastructure, 300 stations by 2025 and 1,000 by 2030, as well as purchase incentives to bring down the price of entry. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. On Monday, we speculated this design rendering was the interior for the all-new Civic. Turns out we were right. It's highlighted by a long, thin air vent that stretches across the entire dash and a high-mounted center screen, which is available in 7 or 9 inches. Styling-wise, the Civic now looks a lot more like the Accord, which we think is highlighted by a long hood and fast back-like rear, as well as the nose element that flows down into the Honda badge in the grille. It's body color on the Civic rather than chrome, but you can see the similarity. More than looks, though, Honda says it also increased body rigidity, which will improve ride handling and NVH. 
Power comes in the form of two four-cylinder engines. The standard, naturally aspirated 2-liter, which makes 158 horsepower, or a 180 horsepower 1.5 liter turbo. Both are mated exclusively to a CVT. The Civic sedan will continue to be made in Canada, and for the first time, the Civic hatchback will be made in the U.S. Volkswagen is billing the new ID4 GTX as the sporty version of the EV. But we think the real appeal will be its all-wheel drive capability to buyers in snowy climates. The two-motor setup combines for 220 kilowatts, or roughly 300 horsepower, and helps return a 0 to 100 kilometer an hour time of 6.2 seconds. The GTX is distinguished by a unique bumper with new LED DRLs and an overlapping 3D effect in the rear tail lamps, as well as a black roof, spoiler, and dark colored pillars. The interior is much more colorful, with blue panels on the dash and doors that are highlighted by red accents. Look for the ID4 GTX to go on sale in Europe this summer, with a starting price in Germany of 50,414 euros. Volkswagen will sell a dual-motor, all-wheel-drive version of the ID4 in the U.S., but it likely won't get the GTX badging and its unique elements. Apple and Foxconn aren't the only electronics companies looking to make EVs. Reuters reports that China's Huawei is in talks to buy Jingkang New Energy Automobile, which is the EV subsidiary of another Chinese company called Chongqing Socon. Huawei has said it wants to start equipping cars with its own operating system, which this move would allow it to do, along with the added bonus of churning out cars with its own name right on them. And here's something else we find interesting about this deal. As you likely know, the U.S. placed a number of sanctions on Huawei, which cut access to key supply chains. While the company it's trying to buy, Jingkang, owns U.S.-based EV maker Series, which used to be called SF Motors, and purchased the old AM General plant in Mishawaka, Indiana. In 2019, Series canceled its launch of an SUV in the U.S. and hired former Cadillac executive Jim Taylor to help turn things around. Maybe that's happening, and we wonder if this move by Huawei is in part a way to open supply chains back up in the U.S. Automated and autonomous driving are important developments that help make the traffic of the future safer, more efficient, and more comfortable. We are ZF. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. As we reported yesterday, the Motor and Equipment Manufacturers Association, which represents auto suppliers, warned that a quick transition to electric vehicles could cost up to 30% of jobs in the supplier industry. But with governments around the world moving forward with ICE bans, suppliers are going to have to adjust. On AutoLine this week, Alicia Massey from B. Riley Advisory Services, a company that consults with auto suppliers, gave advice on what strategy suppliers should take in the transition from ICE to BEV. I've worked with suppliers who lost their way 
in in their in their strategy decision making and have fallen on you know difficult financial times so what you always want to do with a company is to understand first and foremost what is their what is their strategic competence what is it that they bring to the table for their customers and then build around uh, build around that a strategy a strategy could be hey maybe i don't belong in automotive anymore maybe i belong i can do these same things for a different industry so it it really does depend on what is what are the competencies of the company of their management team and number 1 and number 2 what are their financial resources and through those two things you can help them define what their best strategy is whether it is acquisitions whether it is divestitures whether it is um as you mentioned a dual strategy of uh keeping their ice but developing the ev uh it it really does depend on the competencies of their team of what they have accomplished and what they have financially you can watch that show right now on our website or youtube channel gm is making a big push into electric vehicles and it knows one of the things holding back ev adoption is the lack of a charging network so it's giving customers more options to charge vehicles it created altium 360 which will integrate charging networks, GM vehicle mobile apps, and other products and services to simplify charging. In addition, it's collaborating with seven charging networks to give customers access to more than 60,000 plugs in the US and Canada. And GM and EVGo launched its first fast charging stations in Washington, California, and Florida. The companies expect to launch 500 more fast charger sites by the end of the year. And hey, be sure to join us for Autoline After Hours later this afternoon. Our special guest is Mike Abelson, the CEO of Arrival, the electric commercial vehicle startup that's based out of the UK. Instead of using giant factories to make its vehicles, it's going to use mini ones, and this could be the beginning of a revolution in micro manufacturing. So join us at 3 p.m. Eastern time for some of the best insights as to where the auto industry is headed. But that wraps up today's show. Thank you for watching. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. Borg Warner, propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. And by ZF, ZF driving intelligence for software defined vehicles and transforming next generation mobility